This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello and welcome back to the Influential CEO podcast. I am obviously back from New Zealand now. I got back last Wednesday. It would have been and I'm now recording this intro on Tuesday, but we had such a nice time over there and it's nice to be back in the studio recording properly again and back for the final 10 week stint before T is home for good. I can't believe now how fast that time has gone and for anyone new to the podcast or listening for the first time, my partner T lives overseas at the moment and has for the last seven-ish months now and we're in our final stint before he's home for good. So I feel like for both of us right now, we're very much on the countdown and we know that this is sort of the final stretch before life goes somewhat back to normal, but we're also going into, I would say, a very different era of our lives in terms of where we're headed and what our plans are for the next couple of years, which is also really exciting. But I was speaking to T over there and I think when he gets home, we will come in together and actually record an episode on just life. And yeah, we've got we've got a few plans. So I don't want to disclose what that will be about, but we will keep you in the loop. And if you're not in the Facebook community already, I highly recommend that you jump in because If I'm ever asking questions, if I'm ever asking recommendations, different things like that, that will be the go-to place to get all of that insight and to actually have a say in what goes down on the podcast as well. But I've had an incredible week back in business. It definitely feels now like I've found my feet after Europe and all of the travel. I was actually speaking to a friend the other day and I have been gone sort of back and forth from different countries, whether it be Europe or New Zealand for the last three-ish months. And I'm finally home for good, which feels exciting because this is the first time all year come the end of August that I'm finally in a routine. But it has in hindsight been so cool to navigate business and life from heaps of different places this year. That used to be such a limitation for me, you know, wanting to be in the one spot or believing that I had to be in the one spot to run a successful business. But now having had this year be the way it's been and just all of the travel, I feel so confident in my ability to you know, run a business from afar and do it in different places, which has been incredible, but it is so nice to be in routine. And I've started back with a few new clients and just, it's all moving this week. Attraction also, the five-day free program is on day two, which has been incredible. So if you are listening to this in real time, there will still be time for you to join, but you will need to do so ASAP. So we will have that link in the show notes for you to join if you are keen to jump in on that five-day experience. We're essentially speaking to attraction in business and I'm teaching it my way where it is quite unique to what potentially you would think attraction looks like in business. But so far, we've had one live training and a podcast drop inside that space today. And it has been a really incredible space with so many incredible women just diving into this work together, which has been, yeah, absolutely amazing. But today's episode is a big one. I sat down with my long-term private client, Ruby, and we had a really cool chat around her journey in business. We spoke to mentorship and just all the moving pieces around sort of what has led to her success today, which was, yeah, a really cool conversation. So I won't delay any further. I hope you enjoy today's episode with Rubes. Hello, Rubes. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. 
Thank you for having me. We're not going to just not address the elephant in the room. We have been <laughs> laughing for half an hour, so we're probably going to take a few minutes just to look each other in the eye, not laugh anymore. But for the listeners, I don't want to necessarily say my story and have you break that entire thing down because I know that you've had a massive journey in business. But if you can take us back to early days of Eat Like Ruby in the beginning phases, where did it start and where are you at now? Yes. So I started as a personal trainer and I literally studied to be a PT in 2008. So you were probably like, how old were you in 2008? I'm not even going to (laughs) say. So I studied that like straight out of school and then I PT'd for a while, studied nutrition while I was PTing, worked through gyms for literally probably like 12 years I did in gyms, built my business on the side like a side hustle and then phased more and more into business out of the gym scene. And then I've been probably just full time in my business doing nothing else for like two years now. Yeah, you've had a massive journey really when you think about being 2008 right up until this point. How long do you feel like it took for you, especially being in the gym scene, to want to transition solely to more nutrition? Obviously, you still do the training side of things, but when did that point kind of come where you were like, yeah, it's time for a change in what I'm doing? Um, Well, I started Eat Like Ruby in, I think it must be 2018, and I was always super interested in nutrition, so... It just sort of, I just sort of naturally went that way while I was in the gym. And then I just loved, like, Eat Like Ruby was never, I was never like, oh, I'm going to have a business. Let's call it Eat Like Ruby. I just made my Instagram name Eat Like Ruby. And mm-hmm. I just started posting all my meals and my, like, updates, physique updates and all this stuff. And then it started to really gain momentum. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was deep into study and was like, okay, this is going to be, like, my nutrition business – I feel like Eat Like Ruby was set. I couldn't really change it from there. Not that I would want to, but it just, it was quite natural. Mm. And you've built such an insane personal brand around Eat Like Ruby. I feel like if it, I don't know if you can see it on camera, but Nutella's a big part of the Eat Like Ruby (laughs) brand. And I feel like we need to speak to that because there's so many, I guess with your business, there's so many different ways we get to take this conversation in terms of the success that you've had and how you've built your online brand. And before we get into even your brand itself, I'm so curious to know, because I've obviously worked with you for the last sort of year, year and a bit now, probably. When did you really start to gain momentum with more of your Instagram page, the online side of things? And then obviously came the point where it was like, I can actually take my business full time. So I started taking online clients in 2019 and... I feel like our stories are so similar where you get those first few clients and they're like 20 something dollars a week and you're so excited and it's just like Mm. a dream come true. I'm a baller. I'm an online coach. (laughs) I've made it. I'm charging 20 bucks a week and I have 42 clients Legit, (laughs) and I've made it. And so I had my first few clients in 2019. At the start of 2020, I finished a fair bit of my study, like my schedule kind of opened up a bit more and I was like, okay, cool. I can take a bit more. And then COVID hit. And once I realized COVID wasn't just like a quick stay at home thing, it was quite long term. Mm. I opened up my books a bit more because I was a full-time gym manager when COVID hit. So then obviously gyms closed, stayed home for a bit. And 
the second I feel like again our stories are so similar like the second they said stay at home I was like open the laptop we're on (laughs) and I just worked through like all the back-end stuff in my business I was like what more can I give people like recipes meal plans all of this stuff I just worked on that all day every day during COVID and then like I said when I realized it was gonna go for a while I was like well my schedule's wide open so I opened my books a bit more and then by the time we went back into the gym, I had 30 online clients and then I went back into my full-time job and I spent like the back half of that year just honestly running around like a lunatic, just so Mm. many clients and running a like gym full-time, cleaning the gym 600 times a day because of COVID, all this stuff. Mm. And then that's when I started to bring in wait lists because I was just like, okay, obviously I'm really capped. And all of my content and everything I did was so authentic and genuine. Like I wasn't doing advertising or marketing or paid campaigns or anything. I was literally just posting my meals, posting my workouts or whatever. And my wait list was just growing and growing and growing. Like it was mm. wild. And so towards the back end of 2020, I was just like, I think, I'm good. I can just give it a go. And I actually then went part-time in the gym and throughout all of 2021, I just continued to cut back those part-time hours and just continued to grow online. Mm. And then it was the end of that year that I moved away completely into online. Yeah. It's insane. It's almost like you had the perfect journey of pivoting out of being more tangible face-to-face and doing those hours and then working for yourself and even having can you remember how many private clients you had at one time the most I've had at once was in the 60s Mm. and you just do it at the time because you're (laughs) like you just get it done but and that's when I would have 60 and then I would just get so many dms and I'd get so many people on a wait list I remember in May 2022 so just last year Mm. about a year and a half ago I was just so swamped everything was crazy I just bought a new house so many things and I was like I'm just not taking any extra work this month so we'll just put a wait list there I'm just going to focus on the clients I have Mm. whatever in that one month we got 180 people on a wait list and I was just like this and this is one of those things where people are like oh like you're so lucky that's awesome whatever but that's when I started working with you and Mm. looking at so many different things because I was like, well, I can't take those 180 people into private one-on-one clients. Yeah. You actually just can't. And I've already got 60. (laughs) Yeah. You'd hit a glass ceiling. I think when we met and I remember when we initially met and you had, I remember 60 one-to-ones at that time. And do you remember what you were charging at that time as well? Um, I think around maybe 60 a week-ish. Yeah. So pretty standard for sort of the online space and doing sort yeah. of private coaching in that way. And I remember that where the influx was never the problem. You attracting clients was never the problem. And the wait list was just like stocking up like so quickly. And that's when it was that time of like, okay, how can we actually look at scaling your business and put people in a place where you can serve more people? For you, did you sort of notice a point for a while where it was like, yeah, I have hit a glass ceiling with what I can do with the way that I'm running my business right now. And you kind of almost felt like something needs to shift or something needs to change if I want to have almost just longevity in business as well. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I was getting a little bit like repetitive, like I'm telling her this information and then I'm telling her and then I'm telling her. And it's one of those things where you don't want to copy and paste things, but you're also like, well, I want to tell you all the same thing. 
So I feel like it's really kind of, you know, it gets a bad rap in the industry. Like, don't just get a copy and paste plan or don't just get generic information. And it's like, but we actually want to tell all of you people the same thing. (laughs) And I'm like telling 60 people one at a time throughout the week. Like, how can we create a space where I can tell all of you at once and you can all take it and run with it? Yeah. And what did that look like for you? So when you think about that time with working with 61 to ones and it looked like what, two days of check-ins per week or you had pretty much your whole Monday mapped out for check-ins? Um, it was probably more like three to four. Like it was more. You're like, Riley, come on. It wasn't just the one day. Yeah. I actually lived on a laptop. Um, it was, pro- yeah, I think I used to do kind of like Monday through to Wednesday, Thursday-ish. Mm. Yeah. So even from a time perspective, it's like you were capped in so many areas where it's like you were earning pretty much the most that you could earn in your business based on how much time you had in your week. Yeah. And then it was that point of like, well, if I've got 180 people on a wait list, where can I put them? So from that point, what changes did you make and what did you launch to almost house that problem and fix that problem in a way? Yeah. So we launched a few, I've launched a few different programs over the last, I'd say probably 12 months to just deliver things in a different way. So whether it's group programs where we can send out all of the base information and it's what I've said to you all along where nutrition is so factual and it's so educational like and especially the way I love to educate and teach people about nutrition so if we can send something to a hundred people why just send it to one is Mm. what I started to think so we built a few different group programs and different things where we could then just have all the resources there and then open it up to however many people wanted to come in Mm. and navigate nutrition that way. Yeah. And you had so much success doing it that way as well. And I think something worth talking about and even pivoting in is the way that you approach health and fitness and the approach that you have in your content and what you do within your paid containers, because it is to an extent different to what I think a lot of people do on the scenes, but I think it's what makes you so magnetic to attracting so many people. And every single offer that you've done has sold out. Every single offer that you've launched has had people come in in huge influxes. And there's, there's a reason for that. You've built such an incredible brand but the way that you approach that I think is different and I would love to you for you rather to talk more about that and the approach that you do take it's so funny because to me I just think that it's like normal Mm. yeah (laughs) so I feel like I don't even know where to go with that but I would say even just based off of my podcast and then in programs where we do live teachings and everything my number one focus is or my number one aim is to just actually educate and give the facts to people. I think nutrition can be so confusing and there's so much information out there. And I just want people to have the education, have the understanding, to be able to take it in any way they want. I think as well, we see a lot of programs where it's like, do this, this and this to get shredded or do this, this and this if you want to improve your mindset. And I like to kind of speak to everything and then I always say like my number one saying to all my girls is there's no right or wrong. Like if you want to get shredded, if you want to get a six pack, do this. If you want to go on a holiday and throw back cocktails, do this. So I think it's about really educating on how people can take their nutrition in any direction, not just join this if you want this goal. And then, you know, once you've achieved that, what do you do from there? 
Yeah. And it's less of a one-stop shop in the sense of you can only come into my coaching if you want this and you can't come in if you want this. And I think the way that you communicate, even from a marketing perspective in your sales and in the way that you speak, you are very direct and you speak straight to the point and you're not someone who shies away from voicing your opinion in the way that you see things as well. And I think a lot of people really appreciate that. And when you think about the success of so many offers that you've come out with and just how many people come into your offers, but equally stay your client retention is next level but the results that you get your clients is also insane and I think you've always been in business in a really grounded state of knowing that you're in there with the intention of actually serving people and giving value and making sure that they're getting results and that's the reason that you've had so much success in business as well because it's not as if someone comes in once and they can never stay or they can't come in again it's not really the energy of you know come in for a 10-week container and then never come back it's like no you can come in for the 10-week program and then you can join this and then you can join that because you're very intentional with the way that you actually position your business and the offers and the way that you run things from even like a Jan to December basis, which I think is a huge thing that contributes to, yeah, your success as well, which is so cool. Yeah, for sure. And I think I'm very mindful of, obviously I've got education, like actual education about nutrition Mm. and everything, but I'm so mindful of what it is like to be an everyday human being as well. And I think we see a lot of nutrition coaches with that education and then they'll go on their social media or whatever and they'll talk about, you know, like the fucking vitamin C content in an orange. And it's like, well, if you're a mum with two kids and you've got a full-time job and you just want to lose a little bit of weight, do you actually give a fuck? Like, And I think it's really important to acknowledge that and speak to the things that people are actually dealing with. And then at the same time, really speak to them in a in a way that you know they're dealing with them. Like I've been in this industry a long time. I've seen people go through different phases and navigate different things and I've seen what comes up and I think I have such a good memory and such a good understanding and I think when I see someone go through something, I'm like, shit, that's common. Like how many people would be dealing with Mm. that and how many people's mind goes to that place when they, you know, even if we think about scale weight, you know, we see people weigh themselves and there's a whole lot of shit that can come up there for people and the more I've worked with people on that, the more I've developed a real ability to speak to that, you know, if you feel this way, if you see this happen, this is what's actually happening and really combining like what is actually happening in your body, like the education and the science to understand it. But then also how can you take that science as an everyday human being that feels like shit when their weight goes up and actually navigate that feeling? And I think I think a lot of nutrition coaching is they either go one way or the other. They're very scientific, they're very factual and they don't really acknowledge the human being and the feelings there. Or we get the sort of soft coaches that are all about their feelings and everything and that's great. But then what are we actually teaching people to move through that? Mm. What do you think when you think about, I guess, what you teach and how you teach, what would you almost call your style of coaching? If you were to even put like an idea of what it looks like to be in your world, you know, say I was joining and I was about to sign up to a program or private coaching, whatever it may be, what can I expect from you as my coach when it comes to nutrition, fitness, whatever it may be? Yeah. So I always say to my girls, like my main values and my main mission and everything is just providing education, clarity, structure, direction. So you can actually take it all and say, yeah, I do want to 
pursue fat loss right now. I do want to get shredded right now. And I know how to do that. No, I am going on a holiday right now around Europe. I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to drink cocktails. I know what that means for my nutrition. So it's never about having to do something, but it's about having the knowledge to do whatever it is you want to do with the rest of your life and make your nutrition work with that. Yeah. And I think even what you said about clarity is so huge when you think about building a business or even having clarity around your nutrition or your health and your fitness. It's like the more clarity you have, the less confusion you have. And when you're not confused, nothing feels that hard to actually implement or do. And I think especially in the health and fitness space, there's a lot of noise. There can be so much confusion. Like, what do I do and how do I approach this? And I think something that you have always done so well, especially in your content. So people resonate with that. And then they can obviously opt into different offers because it's like, well, if it's this simple on the scenes, imagine what it would be like in a paid space is how much clarity that you give people because it takes away any of the guesswork, any of the confusion. And from more of a marketing perspective, you really do take that out of the equation. Like the guesswork is done. So when someone's coming into your world, they're like, I just know that really you take such a non-bullshit approach. Like I'm not coming in and I'm not getting fed information that's not going to serve me or I'm not getting fed things that aren't actually going to benefit me. And they know that their lifestyle, I guess, doesn't have to necessarily like go out the window because they're chasing a goal. You really teach more of a sustainable approach that people can actually follow. And I think that's definitely, yeah, a testament to how simple you make things things even though it's back with so much science it's not that people have to see that to then yeah. know that they can be benefited from that yeah for sure and I've always just been mindful that like I said obviously I've got the education I've got the science but if someone does have a job and kids and a partner and study and other goals a lot of people don't really care about the science they just want to know how they can apply that to achieve what they want to achieve so I've always been so mindful of that of like, how can we just deliver this in a way that it just makes sense? And I think coming back to what you said, where people, you know, if people have confusion and overwhelm and all those things, we see that so much in the nutrition space and especially, you know, with women wanting to work on body composition goals and whatever. Mm. And I'm always, you know, always on my own podcast, I'll talk about if people are sort of out there like looking for tips or saying things like, hopefully I can lose weight and really we know how to lose weight. And that's what I always want to get across to people. If you're in a position where you're sort of, you know, prowling Instagram for tips or you're like just hoping for the best this week, it's like the more education, the more clarity you can have around this, the more you don't need to do those things because you're like, I actually just know this. Yeah. I'm good. I can just go for it. Mm. I'm so curious. Do you think that for a lot of people that are potentially pursuing a fat loss phase or just any weight loss goal, do you find that that is often met with a lot of resistance or a lot of confusion because people are consuming potentially too much content when it comes to health and fitness or just perspectives from too many people at once? Yeah, I feel like it's probably more the perspectives from too many people at once. I think it's so common for people to hear so much shit about dieting when you think about like your family and your friends and you go out for lunch with your girlfriends and you go in your work tea room and everyone's constantly talking about dieting and it's one of those things where everyone's got all the answers no one's got all the results like we Mm. see all these people sitting around like firing off you should eat this you shouldn't eat that or whatever so many of these people don't really have the result they want to back that up Mm. but when you're just constantly exposed to that all the time and I think it's the combo of getting exposed to that and then not getting the result you want. If you're trying with your nutrition and you're not getting a result you want, and then you hear someone say, oh, like you need to avoid bread, or you hear someone else say, like you need to avoid 
avocados, whatever it is, like you see so many things. If you're not educated and you're not certain and you feel like you're failing, it's easy to jump on those things and be like, well, shit, are they right? Like, Mm. shit, maybe that is the thing. And then you go to the next place and someone says something different and then you're like, well, shit, is it that or that? Mm. And it really comes back to like, you actually don't know. So you're so keen to hear any information or you'll cling to anything you do here because you just don't know otherwise. Mm. Do you feel that at times there's potentially a window where people don't allow enough time for something to compound to actually get the result and that's when they start to look for other reasons as to why they potentially aren't you know, achieving whatever goal it may be? Yes, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> and it's funny, isn't it? Because it's probably very similar to business if you even circle back and think about your journey from 2008, getting your PT certs, working as a manager full-time for all that time, and then obviously being on the gym floor, PTing, nutritionist, doing all your certifications. It is a really long time to build a successful business. Yeah. And it's so easy to get caught up in say the start of COVID and be like, oh, nothing's moving. And I've just got all these clients when really you let it compound. And now you're in a position that you are today where we've circled completely, but your workload and how your weeks look and even just what you do for work is completely different from 12 months ago. And that's because you let the consistency of what you were doing actually compound. And now that you you have the result and it's the same when it comes to nutrition. Yeah, 100%. I think there's so many similarities with business and health and getting those things right and the consistency is obviously huge yeah I'm so curious too (laughs) even to think to more like the business conversation now because I know that a huge kind of narrative in the industry can be you know health and fitness coaches could never earn what a business coach earns and different things like that yet you've had so much success in your business and I know for me when I was building my PT business I think I did my first like 50k month or something completely behind the scenes as an online fitness coach no one would have known that I was even really making any money but I knew that I had built a very successful business behind the scenes and you've had very similar growth in your business based on that what advice would you give someone say in the online health and fitness space when it comes to building their business and doing it in more of an effective way than potentially the way that we often see through having the 61 to 1 clients and charging $60 a week or whatever that may look like yeah I think the first thing is, like you said, just dropping that narrative of like, oh, I could never do that. Like there's only so much money I could make as a health and fitness coach because it's actually just not true. Mm. Even if like we look at myself and then if you look at the big dogs in the industry, like literally the sky's the limit. And I think the thing there is you can do anything. Like you could make any program, you could run any course, any class, you could write a book. Like I launched an ebook on simple meals. I was like, my meals are so simple. I'm going to launch an ebook about how simple these meals are. Mm -hmm. And it did incredibly well. Really well. So I think people just have that that narrative that it is just one-on-one coaching. And it's like, you could literally do anything. You could run a masterclass right now on any topic. You could run a course on any topic. Mm. Having the courage to almost branch out and see beyond the the structure of what that looked like. I knew for me for a long time in business, that was my glass ceiling 100%. I had had the 41 to ones a week. I was charging what I was charging and I was like, I'm doing calls every single day. There's no way that I have space for anything else. And when I made that pivot to group coaching, that's when I had a huge launch and everything business-wise changed. So I think from more of a scalability standpoint, a lot of health and fitness coaches potentially feel like they've hit that glass 
hustling and there's no other way of doing things because they see the way that other coaches do things and decide that as a health and fitness coach, it can't look that way for them or they can't scale their business in that way. But over the last 12 months, you have really experienced like a full 180 in your business model and how things run and even what you're earning and how you're earning that money too. I know for a long time, a kind of block, I guess, for you was a trading time for money because you were so used to doing those like big hours, whether it was on the gym floor or with clients where it was almost like, I can't earn X amount of money if I'm only doing three calls a week or if I'm only doing half a day of check-ins. So what was that transition like for you now that you're kind of on the other side of it? Yeah, that was huge for me. And I think that's just like I feel like most of us were raised that way like our parents worked that way and no fault to them like that was just the norm for them and then I feel like it just started to become the norm for us and then I feel like when you start like obviously when I started Eat Like Ruby and I was a full-time gym manager I was just doing massive days and it was very much like that side hustle vibe and you do it late at night you do it early morning you do it weekends or whatever but then I think when I started to hit that point like we said before where I was just having the same convo over and over and it, it really is a glass ceiling vibe where you're just like, I'm just having the same conversation with these same few people. Meanwhile, I've got all these people in my DMs. I've got all these people on a wait list. Like everybody wants this info and I've sort of built my business and capped it in a way that I can't deliver it. So it was just like opening my mind to that. And then I would say that's where mentorship played a huge role. Like you played a huge role in that for me, even in the sense of, thinking I said it on my own podcast last week where if I am going to do something like a call like the live call for the fat loss phase with a hundred and something girls in there if I have done a full 15 hour day of work and then I go on a live call at six o'clock at night that's actually not going to be that great for those girls in there mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was saying on that call like where you and I really navigated that doing things like eating well that day and training and having a clean house and having downtime and whatever like whatever I've got to do to be actually feeling good and be switched on and go live on that call and really deliver what those girls want. They don't care if I've done a 15-hour day. Mm -hmm. They just want to know how to achieve fat loss. So really thinking, okay, well, what state can I be in or like what can I do to get myself in the most optimal state to deliver that for them in the best way? Like that was a game changer for me because Mm -hmm. for years, and I feel like so many online coaches, like especially PTs and stuff, could relate to the fact that, your own training, your own nutrition, everything goes to shit because you're doing it for so many other people and you really do just put yours to the side. But then you start to get that resentment. You're like, I'm always in the gym, but I'm never training. And you know, I'm always talking about food, but I'm never worrying about my own food. And it really does build quite a resentment thing. And you're just like wanting to quickly get your job done because you want to look after yourself. And I just felt like, I think one of the biggest things was you and I kind of saying, okay, well, if this is actually going to be my business and my company for the next 10, 20 years, whatever. I'm not going to keep living like this. Yeah. I was like, at what point are we outsourcing? At what point (laughs) are we scaling? But it's so true. And I think, like you said, for so many health and fitness coaches or just anyone in that space, we're actually so used to trading time for money. It's just the norm. You're like, I have to get up at 4 a.m. I have to be at home at 9 p.m. You know, you're so used to doing those hours. So the prospect of that changing and for you when it came to your reality of being like, well, I actually do have so much time, so much space now. I'm earning probably the most I've ever earned in my life, yet I'm not working so quote unquote hard for that money. It is a shift, especially when it comes to more conditioning belief systems of like, oh, I don't have to do it that way anymore. And I'm kind of questioning the way that I thought I potentially 
had to make money and what was essentially required of me to make that amount of money as well. But I know for you, once you sort of transcended that a little bit more and it was like, oh, actually I'm normalizing this now and I'm seeing the different things. The next stage in that was like, oh, can I outsource? Can I actually get help? Can I invest in long-term mentorship? Can I put myself in different rooms and invest in a podcast and just different platforms as well? So it's almost as if the requirements of you now have shifted as different areas and business have grown. Because like you said, when you have a call with over a hundred women who've invested in a course, you know, at 6 PM at night, you do need to be in an optimal state to actually show up and deliver that information as well. So compared to, oh, I have check-ins Monday through Thursday, it's a different texture of how you actually run your business. And I think a huge part in that has you actually leveraging has you been rather leveraging the time where it's like me training is me working, me eating is me working, me creating content is me working and seeing almost your entire life as work in a way of how you look after yourself is quite literally your brand and business. And that's been a huge priority. And I think if anything, that's just seen a massive growth in your business again, because you really are your brand. Eat Like Ruby is your brand and your a huge extension of that. So it's just been cool to see. And I think for you in the next sort of 12 months and even, you know, two years, there's going to be a new level of that actually coming into fruition with what we have planned and what you're doing at the moment too, because it's insane. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit or we don't acknowledge the fact that like we do go on live calls with hundreds Mm. of people. Like if you were doing that, if I was doing an event at, I don't even know, like, What's down the road? Yeah. <laughs> down the gym. At the yeah. stadium, whatever. <laughs> um, but if you're doing an event and you had 100 people in the audience, mm. if you think about people that are speakers or educators or whatever, like that's their job. They're not doing a 15-hour day like grinding and then going there and speaking to 100 people. Like they are looking after themselves so they can show up and deliver. Like I always think, imagine if I actually did that those 100 people that are in the fat loss phase like imagine if they were in a room and I stood up on a stage and spoke to them like you do want to be a certain type of human being and you do have to be a certain type of human being to do Mm. that not everyone's doing that at six o'clock on a Tuesday night (laughs) no and for you I even want to know what do you feel in terms of more of your lifestyle shifted when you started to make that transition of okay my life and my days used to look this way and now that this is my requirement this is what I'm doing what shifted in your day-to-day I think one of the biggest things I said this on my own podcast last week as well was not just like being on the laptop because you felt like well I own a business I should be working right now so it used to be like you you could probably confirm this more than anyone but for me to just shut the laptop and like go to the beach with Nutella which is my dog by the way (laughs) like go to the beach with the dog in the middle of the day I'd be like no way like I'm a business owner I need to be working right now this is my business like I'm the Ruby of Eat Like Ruby like whatever it just to take time off was honestly like no who do I think I am Mm. even to train like I used to work all day and then I'd be like get to maybe one or two and when I say work all day I'm talking like up at 5 a.m work all day and then I'd get to like one or two and then be like okay shit I'm actually ahead like I can probably quickly run down to the gym and that was Mm. very much the vibe of my training yeah and then come home did I miss anything and now I think if again if I was to do that and then okay let's go live at six o'clock and do a masterclass for 100 people on fat loss 
I'd probably look like shit. I'd feel like shit. Yeah. I'd probably be like, what? What were we talking about again? Mm. <laughs> and isn't it so funny even thinking about that where it's so many rules that we have around our routines and our lifestyle where it's like, oh, that's irresponsible of me to go to the gym at 1 p.m. because what if someone needs me or what if I have to do something in business when really if we rewrite the rules and think about, well, why did I start a business in the first place? Like, why am I my own boss and why do I do this? It's to have all of that freedom. And I very clearly remember you being like, so it's 10 a.m. Riles and I've actually finished everything for the day because I've been up since 4 a.m. You're like, I think I can shift my routine now. I think it's time for me to have a morning routine. And it does. It makes such a difference when it's just a permission piece of being like, okay, this gets to look different now. And it, it gets to look different because I've built this life and I'm no longer in that grinding like hustle stage of those building phases and beginning stages because it is like that. And I think a huge part, you know, in business too, is we can start and it can look glamorous and you've got the routines and all this freedom and you're earning all this money when the reality is early days in business, it is a hustle and it is a grind and you're nonstop on your laptop. And there's so many things that you do to get your business off the ground that, you know, you don't need to do once it's actually there and established and you've got the clientele and all the different things. And I feel for you over the last six to 12 months, that was such a huge shift where you were just building external awareness around, wow, this is what I've built. This is actually my life right now. How can my reality be more of a reflection of what I've done versus what was or what I was actually doing for for so many years prior to this point as well. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like another thing was, you know, I was doing before having a team or assistants or whatever, like you do everything, you do websites, you do sales pages, admin payments, like so many things. And I was, would find like I'd spend all day doing that and then someone would ask me a question about nutritional training and I'd be like, fuck, I don't have time to talk about this. And then I was like, if I don't have time to talk about nutrition and training, like that's what I want to talk about. That's what I studied. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a massive thing for me to work through, even probably in the last couple of months with hiring G. So I hired a business manager in the last few months and just being like, if she is doing all of these back end things, I am just wide open. If someone's like, hey, Rubes, teach me about hip thrusts. I'm like, yeah, I've got the time. Let's talk about hip thrusts. And that's mm. why I studied and that's why I'm here. And I think it's such a weird concept where you think that like, I don't know how to explain it. You think that your clients expect you to be working all the time or whatever, but you're like, when you think about it, it's like, well, no, my clients want to know about nutrition and training all the time. They don't care if I built the website or someone else did. <laughs> like, Do you know what I mean? But you sort of got this narrative of like, well, all these girls are in my world. I should be there 24 seven helping them. And it's like been a big thing for me in the last few months where it's like, well, the more things that I can outsource that people don't need from me, like that don't have to be done by Ruby, like the more freed up Ruby is to actually do those things that they want. Mm, and that's made the biggest difference in your business, you know, from initially outsourcing by hiring a VA at the time and that being almost a bit of a stretch where it was like, oh, am I going to do it? Am I not? And that was only in December. So what, about eight months ago yeah. to you now, six months later, seven months later, hiring a BM and having that support. It just makes the world of difference in your business. And like you said, you actually have time to start to be in your zone of genius in your business as well. And like we said, you know, there's that period in business where you are grinding, you're doing the back end, you're doing the website, you're doing all of the nitty gritty, but then comes a point where it's like, actually, from a scalability standpoint, this doesn't make sense for me anymore to be putting hours of my time and attention into this when really I need to be operating in my zone of genius, whether that's creating content 
coaching, teaching, doing videos, like whatever it may be to support my clients and actually start to grow that side of things as well. And I feel like that's been such a massive shift for you and it's made the biggest difference to your business. And even though I'm curious for your uh, perspective on this, but there was a little bit of resistance both times where it was like, oh my gosh, can I do this? Is this the next step for me? But every time you've done that, you've had such an incredible outcome through outsourcing too. A hundred percent. Like even now, I think Georgia's been like, she's four weeks in and I'm like, how did I live without Georgia? (laughs) Like, How did I do this without you? And it's, I think it's cool because even yesterday is a perfect example. So we opened up the fat loss phase today and I do all of the content in terms of the educational stuff. And here's like the meals I want them to have. Here's all the resources I want them to have. But then I'm like, gee, you sit there in Canva and make it all look pretty and you change all the font and you load it all into the portal or whatever. So it's such a good combo because like you said, it keeps me in my zone of genius. But if I had have then done all that and then logged on and been like, okay, now I'm going to sit in Canva for six hours and now I'm going to upload it or whatever. You then sort of launch that phase today. And there's a level of like, I'm already over this. Like I'm if someone asks me a question about this, I'm going to snap because I've just done a 15 hour day about it. So I think that's a big thing to clock is like, if you are at that point where, like I said before, you don't actually want to talk about the thing that you're there to talk about in the first place, or you've got a bit of resentment there, or you're like, just, just getting through. And that was a big thing for me is like, I don't want to look at helping people with their nutrition and training and just think like, I've just got to get through this day. I've just got to get through these clients. I've just got to get through this call. Because I'm like, this is a shit that I love. And if I just wanted to get through work, like I'd go and work at Woolies. (laughs) Mm, Exactly. And then the resentment builds. And resentment typically is a lack of boundaries. But in that situation, it's the boundaries around what your work is and what it's not. And I know that when you hit that stage in business, it's like, I need to shift this feeling because I can't be launching an offer and selling it out and having 100 women come in and then go to run the actual container and meet the deliverables and feel resentment every single time I go to run the live Q&A or get on the live call because I have been just like balls deep in the back end for eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. So it is definitely that shift o'clock, like you said, when you get to that point where it's like, oh, internal compass, do I need to do something about this? And it's like, yeah, I do. And like I said to you, I'm like, I promise the minute you hire Georgia, life will change. And you're like, (laughs) my life's changed. (laughs) I've I've hit that point. It's so good. And even for you with, I guess, another version of outsourcing and even mentorship what made you last year decide to invest in a mentor I'm so curious it was so random I really didn't know like it was around the time I'd just stepped away from the gym I was full-time in my business and I didn't even really know what mentorship was I didn't know a lot about it but I really did just have this feeling of like I don't want to do this by myself I don't want to like I work from home Shaq at the time who's my partner was just going to work all day every day and I was just in my business all day every day by myself if something happened there's literally no one to even converse about it with I feel like Shaq like God love him but he's always just like you're doing so well and I'm like but no there's actually a problem here and like I don't know who to go to there's no manager there's no nothing yeah, where's my boss legit. <laughs> who can I palm this off to So like I said, I didn't even really know what it was, but I just had this feeling of like, I don't want to do this alone all day, every day for the rest of my life. Mm. And I feel like it was a combo of that. And then obviously having sort of big wait lists and big work days and just really starting to think, okay, this is going to be my work. If this is going to be my life's work, I've got to get this a bit more sorted. And um, I remember I joined with Jessie, so your mentor, Jessie, in her mastermind. And then I was like, what's a mastermind? After I'd like paid her and (laughs) 
joined it. And I remember she had an offer at the time for like two grand or something. And then she had the mastermind, which was a fair bit more than that. And I actually inquired for the mastermind over the weekend, bought the offer at the same time because I was like, I'll just do this short course anyway. And then she reached out and she's like, I got your application. Like you'd be a really good fit, whatever. And then I'm like, well, he already joined this one. Like what's the difference? And like at the time, like a $10,000 difference, just FYI, everyone. <laughs> literally. And like, she's like, okay, so that one's three weeks and that one's five months. Like, Just so many things. And then I'm like, oh, would you credit that one if I go into the other one? <laughs> like, I just had no idea what was happening in this world. And even I remember, so when BA started and I remember everyone, like on day one, people were just like, I'm launching this, I'm doing this. And I was like, oh my God, I'm behind. <laughs> like, I'm not launching anything, but what? I got 60 clients yeah. and 180 people. I'm what like, have I joined here? <laughs> and that was actually coincidentally the month when I said like I did that month of May where I didn't take on any work and I just let the wait list sit there that was that month so the first Mm -hmm. month the BA and I was kind of just in the vibe of like I'm just gonna sit back in this mastermind and just watch what's happening and whatever then I remember I kind of reached out in June and I was like okay like this is where I'm at like I put a wait list there for four weeks it got 180 people on it literally what the fuck do I do Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's when I was like I'm so happy to be in a space where I can ask that question like who else would you ask that question to again like I'd ask my partner I'd ask my mum and they'd be like oh well done and you're like no but actually what do I do I love that you're congratulating me but I've actually hit a I've hit a drowning yeah 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 you're like guys there's 180 people waiting for a response help (laughs) yeah it's so interesting isn't it and I think even that, I, I feel like we both have had such similar journeys. When I first got my mentor, it would have been the end of 2020. I was the same. I'm like, what is this world? But I just knew that it was like, I'm in this pivot and something needs to shift. And I think the biggest thing with mentorship is, of course, like having a space to plug into, having someone that knows you, knows your business. And for context, I was in that round of the mastermind as well. So Rubes and I initially met being in the same mastermind and then you signed after. But it's so interesting to have that soundboard and someone who gets it but then also have someone in your corner who can just time collapse so much in your business because you're not waiting the six months to kind of work out oh what could I do with my business and there's so much time that you do waste without you know people in your corner or just the knowledge to literally know what to do next and when I think about the first two years of my business compared to the last two, like chalk and cheese in terms of how long it took me to execute things and just work things out. And now I can plug into a mentor and ask something within 10 second VM. And then I get a minute VM back and I'm like, cool, (laughs) I've solved every problem. Like it's so, it's so efficient. And I think that's probably the biggest thing when you think about your last 12 months. Yeah. It's a 180 on what your business was. Yeah. And I remember like Jesse, I feel like I've had such a great journey, like joining that with Jesse. I feel like the mastermind is such a good vibe because you just get to watch so many people go through so many things and I even remember when you came in I feel like you weren't super like you weren't really vocal and stuff in that mastermind you were kind of just fly on the wall vibes Mm. most of the time and then I remember you came in and it's actually a funny story because I remember everyone was like it's Riley from Drink More Water and I'm like who like I had no idea and then I even remember like I think you just lost your insta yeah and so you had an insta with like 10,000 followers and like six photos or something. And then I'm like, well, that doesn't add up. <laughs> like, she can't be this big of a deal. <laughs> I'm like, how she have 10,000 followers, six fucking photos? Mm. <laughs> and I just remember having no idea like who you were or what you did. And then 
I remember, I think you'd launched like a lime baddie or something and you just randomly came in mastermind one night and you're like, okay, so launched my new container, three to a thousand dollars a head, got 20 people. Like you're just dropping all these numbers and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like, who's this fly on the wall? I'm literally like, <laughs> just on a 15 hour day, made 200 bucks, but okay. And I'm like, I just remember being like, oh my God. And just seeing you and there were so many girls in there, there was such a range of like beginners and then people like yourself that were doing awesome things. And I just remember being like, fuck, there's so much potential. There's so much room to move. There's so many things you can do. And even, yeah, like Jessie was great. She would just, you know, drop some bangers on you be like, well, why don't you do this? And you'd be like, well, shit, yeah, okay. Maybe I could. Yeah, yeah. shit, why didn't I think of that? I mm. even remember the, probably the thing that made me sign up with you. I don't even know if you remember this. When we went on the retreat, she got everyone to go off in little groups and we were in a little group and then – I don't even remember what the question was and I said something about my business and you literally just said, why don't you quadruple your prices and take a quarter of the clients? And I was like, fuck, like, why don't I? But also, I'm not going to fucking quadruple my price. <laughs> like, I like, just remember. I, and I, I was probably like, why not? <laughs> you were so like, why don't you just quadruple the prices and quarter the clients? Like, duh. Problem solved. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was... Actually, I feel like speechless because I'm like, well, why don't I? But also, as if I could do that, like, I just really did not know what Mm. to do and then I'm like that's such a yeah it just hit me for some reason and then I remember when we got home from that retreat um you put on your stories and like I've got like one more one-on-one space or whatever and then I'm just like I want it I'm in and then since then I've just been like what are you doing next I'm coming (laughs) (laughs) it's like I think if people saw our relationship behind the scenes over the last year they would just laugh because it is so lent back and just we just tick over and yeah, never even a question. But then of, even I remember our first container. Mm. I think I was still in BA, or I had so much going on, and I was launching things. And Jesse had given me a lot to work with. Like there was just so yeah. much happening. And I remember we started, and then I didn't really say anything in Voxer for a while. And then I was like, I was like, I'm all good. I'm just doing my thing. Like, don't think that I've tapped out or whatever. Mm. And then I feel like it was only a week or something later. I was like. Um, one-on-one next year, what does it look like? And you were like, um, 15 grand. And I'm like, send the invoice. I was like, this girl doesn't even plug into mentorship. (laughs) Don't even hear from this chick. (laughs) She's locking in next Jan. But isn't it interesting to think about, this is where we do have a lot in common because the way that I've always approached mentorship, I think is very similar to the way that you approach mentorship, where you're not in it to squeeze the juice and be in Voxer every single day or necessarily take advantage of every single call. It is more of that lent back energy of like, I'm here for the long term. I'm committed and in that there's no pressure on the actual container itself. And I think when we kind of dip in and out of mentorship or we do a six-week container here and a four-week container here and an eight-week container here, that kind of mentor hopping, and not that you have to be with the one person forever, but when you're constantly hopping or doing different things, you create a lot of confusion for yourself because you have so many perspectives, kind of like we spoke to earlier. And I think the best thing with this is you've been here the entire time. You've committed to knowing it's not a 12-week stint or a 24-week stint. It's like, no, I'm going to give myself the time to actually settle and know that you know me and I know you and you know my business more importantly. And having me know you and your business, it makes the world of difference to how efficient you can be in mentorship as well. So we don't have to be in Voxer every single day, but when you plug in, 
I a lot of the time just give you the response and I probably never really get a response back, but I don't even need it, (laughs) you know, but in the sense, because you just get your answer and then you get to go and implement, execute, do what you need to do. And that gets to be as efficient as it is. And I think that's the probably biggest perk of long-term mentorship is just how settled and knowing your relationship is where there's no guesswork. There's no, oh, I've got to teach this mentor about my business now and what I've done before. It's just the same pair of eyes on your business that can be a soundboard for whatever you're doing. And then equally someone who can really catch you when you're making decisions potentially from a disempowered state or just anything that's limiting or blocking you where it's like, wait a minute, are you doing that because you genuinely want to or because of this? And then it can be like, oh, I can see why I'm making that decision as well, which is cool. And I think when it's been long-term, you like I could come in something and I feel like even this week is a perfect example where I came in and I'm like oh I'm feeling this this and this and you're like remember how you felt that in Jan when you were had this many clients and now you're just feeling it again because you've got this many clients or whatever and it's like oh yeah she knows me she knows what's up yeah yeah and I find that even with Jesse I think I've been with Jesse now a year a year and eight months whatever it's been and it does just create such a different energy in the mentorship itself where she can be like, well, yeah, when you were in March last year and this happened, this was this and and they've been there for that as well. So it does make the biggest difference and it's crazy to think. I almost lose track of how long we've been in mentorship because I don't even know now. I'm like, I don't know, it's just been a while, (laughs) but it's definitely been over a year and it's cool just knowing that we've got, you know, rest of the year pretty much locked in to some extent and then start of next year and what we have planned, it's like we actually can put things in place Place, knowing that the next six months does look a certain way and you yeah. can plan for that as well knowing that yeah we'll both just be doing business and life alongside each yeah. other and just watching you go to the moon because you're just doing wild <laughs> things at the moment I feel insane. like mentorship is you know so many people do it or think about it or don't understand mm. it or whatever and I just think it's so crazy like I think people look at it and you know if, if you look at someone who's amazing in the world like if Usain Bolt was like, I'm getting a running mentor, you'd be like, yeah, well, no shit because you're an amazing runner. And it's like, you could be amazing at something too. Like put yourself in a room, get a mentor. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think people see it as like, oh, well, that's just something that like incredible people do. And it's like, well, become an incredible person. Get in there. Be an incredible human. (laughs) You're giving some David Goggins shit here. But do you know what I mean? I get it. Yeah. Because I feel like even if you were to drop – if I was to drop the amount of money that I spend on mentorship, like if I said I spend XYZ on mentorship, people would be like, what the fuck? Like mm. a, like a lot of everyday people yeah. would be like, what the fuck? And I always think it sounds so random, but like if Oprah Winfrey said she spent that much money on mentorship, you'd be like, well, yeah, because she's Oprah. But then I would argue like, does she spend that money on mentorship because she's Oprah or is she Oprah because she's spending money on mentorship and doing yeah. the things to make her Oprah? Mm. I'm basically the next Oprah, guys. <laughs> guys, I'm going to pull that. That's a real snippet. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. <laughs> but it's such an interesting perspective. And I do agree where I think there is a point in business where, of course, it doesn't make sense to drop 20K on mentorship when you've been in business for a day, you have no <laughs> clients and you're not established and you haven't built a brand. Like, yeah, there's things that you can do early days in business to establish and actually build and get different perspectives and implement different things. But you're still learning from people during that time and you're investing and maybe it's a course or masterclasses, like whatever makes sense for you then. But when you are at that point in business, like you were 12 months ago, where it's like, I'm earning good money, I'm established, I've got the clients there, I've built the brand, I've got all the things. 
I'm actually at a glass ceiling right now. If I stay this way, this is going to be the way business looks for the next two years. You know, it may evolve slightly. My prices may increase slightly, but I don't really see a way out from this because I don't know what my next step is. And I think anyone at that stage, yes, it can be so scary to do mentorship, whether it is in a mastermind or more private capacity, whatever it may be, but it truly changes the game and it's not necessarily about doing it because you're meeting an edge financially I think that that conversation has been transcended in the sense that you don't invest and go oh I'm meeting an edge again like there's more of a maturity and like well this is just something that I do and not something that I have to necessarily like build myself up to do as well I always think to myself like if I was going to reach out to you and say, okay, like let's look in mentorship for next year, which I just did the other week. Yeah. I always will sort of sit there and think to myself like, okay, am I going to do something big in that time of the year? What have I got planned for business? What am I going to do financially? Is it, do we expect it to be successful? But also am I going to be pushing myself, working myself, probably feeling some kind of way? Do I want something locked in with mentorship to be with me at the same time? Yeah. So I think you've always just got to be able to think like, does it make sense for where I'm at and what I'm doing? And like you said, if it's day one, you might do an $80 masterclass. And literally the first thing I ever bought was Christina Christina Harvey masterclass, I think Love $68. It. And I remember just watching it and thinking, this chick is something else. Mm. <laughs> You're like, this is great. Yeah. yeah. And that was like my foot in the door to the, to the industry. Mm. But then, yeah, I think you just got to think like, okay, well, am I going to be doing something big and incredible at that time Mm. and if so like it makes sense to have support in place and again if you were an athlete or something if you were an athlete preparing for a massive fight at the start of the year you'd be like okay well I want to make sure my coach is going to be there I want to make sure my team is going to be there my trainer is going to be there yeah it's like I'll just fucking give it a crack with no one around completely (laughs) it doesn't make sense yeah and even coming back to sort of how much you spend or whatever I do I would say I spend a lot of money on mentorship but in all honesty it's about a fifth of the money that I make when I do the maths on it yeah. <laughs> and people will take that any way they want to but I just think okay well if I want to keep going and growing and doing what I love and killing it and mm-hmm. if I can put a fifth of that money into mentorship and then I put you know a fifth into my team and a fifth into the podcast and whatever and it's all bloody gone but mm. <laughs> that's big business though to that extent, is right? business yeah because yeah. you're not and I feel like you've then got to think, well, like, am I running a business to just make bank and stockpile it all and run off in 12 months? Mm. Or do I put it back in to mentorship because I am going to do something again in 12 months? And do I put it back into the podcast because we want to keep that going? And mm. do I put it into Georgia so she can do all those things to free up my time to run things well? Like it's yeah. just a big revolving door <laughs> and and that is big business and I think sometimes in the coaching industry we can become a little bit entitled and thinking that oh our business is separate to say a product-based business or a service-based business where you know there is more overheads and there is more sort of outgoings and things like that where if you do want to make more money you do have to move more money yeah and that's also the reality that's so true because I remember a hairdresser said to me like oh it's I think like I was doing about 40k months and then she said like you know I do like 40 or 50k months but I've got overheads and I've got this and I've got that and kind of made it sound like I didn't have any expenses Mm. and I was just like oh yeah okay and then the more I thought about it I was like well I wasn't doing 40k months until I had things like mentorship and podcast and team and so all those overheads so even though you could argue argue that like technically you don't need those things 
like a hairdresser needs a salon, I would argue that I probably wouldn't do 40K months without them. Yeah, mic drop. drop. (laughs) Mic drop. There's something to that. And I couldn't agree more when now when I think about having Molly on full time and different overheads like that, sure, it's an overhead, it's an expense, but I don't even choose to see those things as, oh my God, this is an expense in my business. It's almost like the catalyst for why I do what I do and why I make what I make and why I'm generating the income that I'm generating as well. So it's more of an asset to my business that allows me and assists me in making that money versus something that's taken from that amount of money because there is no way that I would have scaled my business to where it is now without mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I would love to, you know, argue like, no, it wasn't that. I just grinded really hard and all these things. And of course I worked for it the same way that everything that I've given you, you've had to go and implement, right? None of that would have worked if you weren't like, yeah, I'm going to make the steps and do the things. But having a mentor in my corner, that never would have happened within the period that it happened. Yeah. Unless I had that person as well, or just different people giving perspectives and being a soundboard for all of the things because it is forever evolving and shifting and changing and that's business. But I think getting to a point where you're no longer treating your business like an Instagram business and actually (laughs) treating it like a big business is a very pivotal time within your business journey where it's like, okay, cool. I'm making money. That's perfect. But am I just here to make money and tick along with my 60 clients every week? Or am I actually going to make something of this and put some skin in the game? Because having mentors and investing in a BM and all these different things, it is skin in the game, but it's a thing that allows you to actually grow and scale and build as well. And that is your goal long-term. It's not to remain, you know, with the 60 clients charging what you've always charged working four days a week. It's like, no, I see a bigger vision for that. And with a bigger vision requires a lot of the time, some bigger steps and some bigger moves to actually get to that point too. So it's been cool for you and you're just such solid evidence of what that does in so many ways. And I think, yeah, everything that you've done up until this point has massively contributed to your success. And I would actually love for you just quickly to give us a rundown on what's happening in the world of Eat Like Ruby now. If someone was coming in and following you for the first time, (laughs) what are they doing? Where can they find you? What can they get and take from you? Yes, I love it. So obviously I started my business on Instagram, which is eat underscore like underscore Ruby. um, And we're still there every day. We still use that every day. But I feel like podcast is a really cool place for people to get more of an insight into me and my style and what I do and what I teach. I feel like a lot of my girls that are coming into my world now, so many people will be like, I think you're speaking directly to me on your podcast. <laughs> and that's really cool. So I think that just gives people a really great insight into Eat Like Ruby. Um, yeah, so a lot of people are just following on Insta, listening to the pod and then watching what we launch and then thinking, yeah, shit, if I can get that for free, what am I going to get in here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you've also launched your ebook. So I feel like if anyone oh, yeah. has heard this episode and they're like, I just need to get my hands on something, that's probably such an amazing entry. Give us a little rundown. What can we expect from from the Simple ebook? Meals. Simple Give meals. Us, yeah. It is just that. So I obviously am a foodie. People follow me for like content, recipes, all those things. And I was just feeling so overwhelmed with the need to create fancy recipes and meet that demand. And then I was just like, surely if I feel this way, other people do. Like recipes with a million ingredients and time and trying to work it all out and work with your nutrition and who needs it? Mm. So... 
I would always go back to eating my simple meals. And then I was like, I'm just going to make a whole book of simple meals. Meals. So it's, I think it's over 200 meals. It's breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, dessert. And it's the, the sort of concept behind it is the meals are so simple that they don't need a method. You can look at the ingredients. We've got a picture of all the ingredients next to it. It's got all the macros for people that track their food. And then it's basically like, you could look at that and be like, that's so simple. I know how to make it. I don't need a method. Mm. It's the go-to. I feel like it really is the go-to ebook for anyone on any journey, especially when it comes to health and fitness. Genius. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Any of your handles, do you still need to plug? You've got the podcast, (laughs) Eat Like Ruby, YouTube, Eat Like Ruby. Yeah. You'll find her there. And Nutella, of course, she's everywhere. But thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.